You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. On July 4th, we Americans celebrate Independence Day. We celebrate our independence from Britain. And, you know, years ago, we as a country, we were sick and tired of England telling us what to do and requiring us to pay taxes without even giving us a say-so. And if you think about that, That sounds a lot like what many of our kids think about us. We're constantly telling them what to do, and they're making them do things, and they don't get any say, and how come we're so mean? How dare we, right? Exactly. As the adults, as the parents and the teachers, we know that we usually have a perfectly good reason for these things that we are requiring and asking of our children. But our children, in many ways, are like we were as a young country. We want to do it ourselves. So we thought that today, Independence Day, we would talk about encouraging independence in our boys. I think it starts really young. I think it starts younger than we might imagine as parents because, oh gosh, we want to do everything. So we make sure it's right and done well and done on our timeline. and. Yet, if we can stop ourselves a little bit, we can foster that sense of independence way earlier than you might think. My experience is that this is easier to do if you start from the beginning. If when your toddler says, me do it, you give them a shot at it. You let them try putting their shoes on or their pants or whatever it is. If you are sweeping the kitchen and they are trying to pick up a broom and do it, and of of course they can't do a great job of sweeping the kitchen floor because the broom is bigger than they are. But if you encourage it when they want independence, it gets a little bit easier for both of you going along. What are some things that little ones can do, Janet, that sometimes, you know, we aren't so sure we want to let go of the reins? First of all, little ones can do way more than you think they can. I want to touch on a phase of child development. In Waldorf education, we look at the development of the child in seven-year segments. So the ages zero to seven 
is the age of imitation. Imitation, big deal for parents. This is the age when by your very actions, how you clean up the spill, how you sweep the floor, how you unpack the groceries, all the things that you are doing, your zero to seven-year-old is watching you and modeling you and following your lead. This isn't meant to apply more pressure, but just to recognize that how I am moving through my life is how I am showing my child how to move through life. There is a lot of motivation at that age for children to be learning these skills. They are hungry to do what we're doing. This is the time. This is the golden age of opportunity that you can instill these habits in these young children. And those habits carry them through. When they're 14, they already know how to sweep a kitchen floor. You're not having to teach them when they're brains and their development is going in a completely different direction. So this window of opportunity, zero to seven, and it doesn't mean if your child is seven years and one day old that you've lost it, but to just recognize our listeners out there who do have young children, this is the time when you are instilling those habits and that capability and those that responsibility all of the care of the home, all of those tasks is the work of your child. That's their play. They want to be helping you in the kitchen. They want to put the groceries away with you. All of those things that we think, oh man, I don't have time for this. Take the time now. It will serve you later And it will save you time later. And I am talking to you right now from the perspective of parent of teenagers, some of whom did not learn how to sweep the floor when they were in that age. And let me tell you, trying to get a 15-year-old who wants nothing to do with you and is busy going in his own direction to learn that task is a hell of a lot harder. Yes. It can be done but it is a hell of a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So much of parenting and education, if the child is ready to do something, it's relatively easy. It's easy and it can be fun. And the thing, back to your comment about the broom, the thing is we need to give our children the proper tools for right the Right-sized tools. The right size beautiful tools, not just flimsy plastic. Give them, you know, give them a wooden broom. Give them the right tools that are well-designed. That's a big part of Waldorf education as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And all of the preschool, the whole gesture of preschool kindergarten in Waldorf education is about play and about modeling how to prepare food, bake bread, serve food in a beautiful way, eat together, have that community, and then doing the task, cleaning up the classroom, folding up the cloths. All of these things are done by the children because they've been taught to do them properly with child-sized equipment. It can be so hard in our busy and rushed days to allow the time it takes. 
it is definitely going to take a three-year-old longer to put on his shoes than it will take you to just whip them on. Hmm. It will. And maybe you can't give him that time every single morning. Or let's say you're rushing out the door because your dog is vomiting all over the place and you're on their way to the vet. That's not the time that you're going to wait for your three-year-old to put on his shoes. Sometimes you just got to do it. But build in extra time when you can because this is important. You know, so often we see this as an obstacle to what we need to get done. We need to get to the grocery store. We need to get the kids to daycare. We need to get to work. But what we need to get done is teaching our children the skills that they need so that they can become independent. This is really important time. Yes. And part of that too is if you take that time and you watch your child struggle, let them struggle, really important because oh my goodness, the look of joy on their face when they finally do the task and they recognize, wow, I learned that and I can do it and I am capable. And that is the antidote to entitled children. So many parents say, I don't want my kid to grow up entitled. Well, this is where it starts, is that you're building their own capacity, their own recognition of, wow, I am capable. My family is depending on me to help and be a part of all the things that have to get done. That's building their self-esteem and their confidence. And this is also the antidote to the apathy and lack of motivation that we see it in a lot of boys and girls today because children who get the message either verbally or non-verbally, and I think we do it non-verbally more often than verbally, children who get the message that they can't do things or they can't be trusted to do things, stop trying. Especially boys. Especially boys. Mm -hmm. Let's talk for a little bit about where this can go wrong and why it can be so challenging for parents. Because of course we do all want to raise capable human beings who will be able to function independently in the world without us when we're gone. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. And yet this is still so difficult. And Mm -hmm. as I was thinking about this, I realized that one of the obstacles is for some parents, we are still struggling with our own stuff, remnants of how we were raised. We may either strongly believe that the parent is the one to lead the way and show how things need to be done and there's no room for the child's voice. Or maybe we felt like our parents weren't there for us and we were having to do way too much on our own at way too early of an age. So we kind of overcorrect you know, we don't want our child to feel abandoned. So we do for them maybe what they could do for themselves. So, I mean, that is the work of parenting, isn't it? To examine our own stuff and recognize, yeah, maybe the way I was raised wasn't, isn't the best way to do with my children, but am I doing completely the opposite? And that's maybe not the best way either. So it's finding always finding that balance I want to speak too to the parents who are listening, who are like, well, my kid's eight, nine, 10, what do I do now? Yes. And so that I believe after the age of seven and especially after the age of nine, 
this is when we have to get buy-in from our kids. We can't just say, hey, it's time to clean up your room. It's time to take out the garbage. This requires a whole shift in family dynamics to become more collaborative and cooperative rather than top-down, this is what's got to be done, and you're doing the directing as the parent. All the more true if your child is 14 or 16. You can't impose this. It will involve some discussion and frankly, a lot of screwing up on both sides. So if you are listening and you're realizing that maybe in some ways you have come between your son and his independence, that you may have missed some of these opportunities and maybe it is time to let him do more on his own, start with a conversation. You can straight up say, you know, I think I may have gotten in the way. You can apologize. You can say, I recognize that you are ready to do more and handle more of your life on your own. Mm -hmm. Your kid will probably be stunned to hear those words from you. Right, right. Well, in my parenting class that I teach online, Five Steps to Untangle Your Parenting, is we do talk about this and we do design, there is a design for how you can have that conversation. And it's basically comes down to problem solving. So you've got the problem of, oh, the garbage needs to be taken out to the curb on Tuesday morning. What are we going to do? And then that's where the discussion comes in. You may say, this is your task to do, and he may resist doing it at the time that you want it done. The conversation then is, okay, what what do you see? How could we solve this problem? He may say, you know, I want to do it the night before or after school that day before, or he'll have an idea what fits him. It might not fit you. It has to be mutually agreed upon. And then you say, well, let's try it for a couple weeks and see how it works. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, it's that part you said about letting him fail. There's going to be missteps. Absolutely. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no, and they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash onboys. 
but letting him follow through and you just step aside and keep your mouth shut. So if And that is the hardest thing to do. It It is. It It should be easy. You're literally saying at that point, do nothing. It is so hard to do. It's so hard to resist that urge to nag when you see that garbage is still there. You just want to go on and on. You have to step back. Resist. Have to. Yeah. And in, I don't want to, don't want to miss this step, but in that whole problem solving model is that you agree on what the consequences are. If the task does not happen, you have the discussion, you brainstorm ideas, you go, you know, try to go with what he thinks the consequence should be in there too. It's also appropriate to talk about, well, if, you know, if this is well done, whatever it is for a month or whatever time you agree on, then this happens. So plan in the consequences together, plan in the rewards together as well. You can do this in such a positive way because kids do have an innate drive for independence. So you can use that to both of your advantages. The kid who's showing you that he is responsible with handling whatever you've agreed he's going to be responsible for may get more independence and freedom in another area of his life that means a lot to him. So this way you are both getting your needs met, stuff is getting done, and it's developmentally wonderful for everybody. I was thinking that there are a lot of different buckets where we need our children to have independence, right? So there's household responsibilities, which you were just referring to, uh, self-care, you know, brushing your teeth, uh, getting dressed, hygiene, preteen boy moms. I know you know what I'm talking about. Hey, we have a podcast about that. And we'll include it in the show notes. Time management is another one, especially as your kids get older. They can take on more and more responsibility for, you know, managing their activities, getting themselves places, even being responsible, frankly, for their own bedtime. These are all things that your children are going to have to do independently when they leave your home. Schoolwork and learning, that's another area where your kids gradually need to take on more independence. You can't work on all of these areas at once, or you are going to overwhelm yourself and your child and things are not going to go well. What I suggest is that in your conversation, you pick a place to start, gradually build. And if you do have an older kid, you may have much more success if you pick an area that is important to your son first. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, again, to reiterate, the younger you start, the easier this process is going to be. The more, maybe not easier, the more natural this process will be. And I think, too, it's also important to, as you're teaching them to do tasks, I have a lot of parents who come to me that have several kids, and it's this power struggle between the older sibling and the younger and, you know, the three-year-old and the five-year-old and and that whole dynamic. And I tell parents, you know, you can, your five-year-old can do more than your three-year-old can. And when your five-year-old is seven, he'll be able to do more. So it's kind of also like you offer this enticement too of what's ahead. So right now, you know, the five, the three-year-old can 
put the silverware away out of the dishwasher, but the five-year-old can load the dishwasher, put the soap in, turn it on. The seven-year-old can be in charge of suggesting some meal ideas so that there's this scaffolding, this stair step of, well, you can do this now. And when you're this, when you're seven, you'll be able to help daddy with the lawnmower. That's really sexist, but I don't want to mow lawns. So, but that, that is the, exactly the kind of thing that my Sam was so hungry for when he Mm -hmm. was that age, he wanted to cut the lawn so badly. And we couldn't let him do it right away because he was too young. He was too immature. He didn't have the height and the strength to do it. So we scaffolded, we found other things that he could do in the yard, in the garage, in the house. But I will never forget the look on his face when he finally got to use a lawnmower the first time. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I think he, I have a video somewhere. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. I think he was probably nine or 10 then. And it was to see a kid do this thing that they have been wanting to do forever is an amazing thing. It really is. Yeah, that he built towards that and had that. And then that, wow, responsibility, capability, independence. He's got his own lawnmower. And of course, he's not out mowing other people's lawns at that point. But at that point, no. Now that he is 13, yes, now he is. That progression is there. And each of these steps leads to even more independence than you maybe think it will, right? So there's the, you know, you can do this with literally direct supervision, an adult right with you, right behind you. You can do it while they're on the porch. Now he's to the point where he is doing this independently and as a business, which also means he has his own money which means he now has more independence and choice in some of his purchases. Mm -hmm. It means that he has had to be more responsible for his own time management and structuring his days because I'm not going to figure out when he needs to go cut lawns to get them all done. That's not my job. That's Mm -hmm. his. Because it started with something that was important to him, there is natural buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. And you want that natural buy-in makes it all so much easier. I think it's important too, to also look at the other side of independence. And that is the other side as a parent, the pain, heartache of letting go. And you know what? We also need to touch on independence is great, but we are also all interdependent on each other. I like that word. Yeah. Interdependent. Especially in a family. So your goal is certainly not for your child to not need you or just to do his own thing. And I think that if you take that perspective, that helps a little bit with the letting go because you're still connected. As you were saying that, I'm imagining also, you know, big brother helping little brother and this sense of service and community that that we want to engender in our kids as well. As you say that, I am laughing because that sounds wonderful, but I am telling you that's something that I almost never see because more often than not, they're going to be bickering and picking on each other and showing love in that way than yes. this beautiful moment. Yeah, so. but Jen, let something happen to one of those boys and exactly. all three of them are going to be right there standing toe to toe. 
I just wanted to put that reality out there. So (laughs) other parents, if you are not looking out your window and seeing beautiful moments, but rather you're older on top of your younger and you feel like I got to go yell at them right now, that's normal too. That's real. That's, that's reality too. But there is a place where, and maybe this is more for first time parents that you wonder, like, how do I know he's ready? And Mm -hmm. I'm not ready. And it's all those places of like, oh, is this the last time I'm going to breastfeed him? And oh, he's moving away from me. And oh, he wants to be with his dad and he doesn't want to be with me. And all those little tiny places. But those are those little tiny windows that we can pay attention to and go, yeah, he's asking for independence. He's asking for time with his friends or time with his dad and not with me. And to recognize that this is this is what we want to amplify and support because this is what it is to be human. We can honor those moments and honor our feelings of sadness. Like there is nothing better in the world, in my opinion, than like looking down at my sleeping baby nursing at my breast. Yeah. I have tried so hard through my years of parenting my children to burn that image into my head because like that's what I want to see and focus on. It just sounds morbid, but that's what I want to see and focus on when I'm dying. Like that is just yeah. the most beautiful moment to me. And oh, I'm tearing up here, you guys. God, I'm such yeah. a mess. <laughs> but I couldn't tell you the last day that any one of my children nursed because mm-hmm. For us, it was all very gradual and all of their stepping stones have been very gradual because it's all been about them going on to the next thing, me supporting them as best I can and encouraging them as best I can. And you see their joy when they can do something they couldn't do. And also there's a whole new thing for you there. Yeah. Yes. Sitting in the rocking chair and nursing your baby is wonderful, but also not being tied to the rocking chair three hours a day allows you to do other wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, and then now they're crawling and now they're walking and it's, you celebrate every step. Oh, you guys. Every step. You've got me. You're crying. I know I am. Aww. I'm telling you to celebrate while I'm wiping my eyes. Right. But- Tears of joy. It is that beautiful. You know, I worried about my kids growing up and and graduating from high school. And my oldest has been living in Tennessee for three years now. It is amazing to see your children do their own thing. And I know you feel that too. I hear that pride when you talk about your girls and what they're doing now. Yeah. And I still miss them. You know? It can be both, right? right? Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. They're doing their life. So independence, self-regulation, self-esteem, self-confidence, this all starts early and often, and it's a gradual process. But our goal is to have kids who are healthy and happy and caring and capable and independent. Happy Independence Day. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.